Dating Skills Review, the central source for dating advice for men, presents Dating Growth Insider. Hey, this is Angel from Dating Skills Review, and today the topic we're going to talk about is conversation skills. Now, we get a lot of people asking us questions about you know, what they should say when they first meet a girl or what they should say when they've kind of been talking for a while and then they don't know what to say, or if the topics of conversation that they're talking about are the right topics or if they're actually kind of turning the girls off because they're talking about the wrong things. Now, when I say you know, popular question, this is like one of the big ones we get all the time time. So today I have Bobby Rio from Make Small Talk Sexy. Uh, he has a course named Conversation Escalation and Bobby has specialized in helping guys with conversation skills. So he was the person I most wanted to talk to about this subject. Now a bit of history on Bobby. He first got into this in 1998. So that's kind of when he got into the community through uh, Ross Jeffries, which was pretty much the only guy who was kind of like teaching anything back then. Um, so that's 13 years. Wow, that's, that's a long time. In 2005, he started tsbmag.com. Some of you guys may know that is, uh, it's basically a big men's lifestyle site with dating advice, tips, articles, and other stuff related to men. Uh, so that's pretty big. And he's based in NYC. So hey, Bobby, how, hey, how are you doing? Good, man, good. It's, uh, it's great to talk to you again. It's been, uh, been about a year now since we chatted, so I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, and time flies <laughs> so fast. So yeah, this is this is great to have you on the show. Um, like I say, you know, I know I know you've done all your stuff in conversation skills, so I thought you'd be the best person to talk about this stuff. Cool, man. Hopefully, we can give the uh, give the listeners some good tips today. Yeah. Okay. So you know, first of all, I just want to get into the general stuff. So you know, one of the questions we get. Are, is that guys, they're just not really sure what to say. Are there, are there any general pointers you would give on that first topic? Uh, you know, it, it totally depends on, you know, where, you're, where you are, in my opinion, in terms of, uh, you know, if you're starting a conversation with a woman at a bar for the first time or if you're out on a date with a girl that, you know, you've already, uh, you've already got to know her a little bit and now you're out on a date because... You know, guys tend to struggle in both situations. There, there's guys that email me, um, you know, who go out on a date and, and they, they can't get a date to, to start flowing in that fun kind of flirty way. And then, you know, same thing, I guess, happens on, on you know, when they first walk up to a woman. So, um, I mean, either way, either way, the one thing I, I like to tell guys, and, and it's not <laughs> – it's not so much what you say, it's how you direct the conversation, which will make everything a lot easier. And, and the, way, the, the way I like to kind of explain it is, is imagine that there's like a giant spotlight. And when you go up to talk to a girl, your goal is to get the spotlight shining on the two of you as quickly as possible. Now, what happens is a lot of guys do the opposite. They either go in and they put the spotlight on her by just drilling her with questions, which makes her uncomfortable and it creates sort of an awkward vibe. Or they try to do all the talking about, you know, maybe they're telling stories or, or they're even using one of those, um, you know, something from like uh, routines or something like that where, the, where they're talking about something else. And now they're putting the spotlight on them, which, which kind of is a lot of pressure. And I think that's why a lot of guys quickly run out of things to say is because it's like, it, it's almost like if you ever, you know, talked in front of a camera and it's like, you can be totally natural and, and fun with your friends. But the minute one of your friends like puts a video camera on you, you just kind of freeze up and you just don't know what to say. I mean, I've seen it happen. I used to uh, be a videographer at weddings and, and people that real you know, were the most talkative people in the world. When you shined a, a camera on them, you know, they, they couldn't talk. So so with girls, I like to say try to get it where the spotlight's not on her, it's not solely on you, it's on the both of you because it makes the conversation flow a lot easier. And how you do that is you get to discussing the interaction rather than, you know, asking her, uh, you know, you, 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 you tease her about something. You get her, um, you know, you kind of you rile her up a little bit um, about something that, 
she's uh, opinionated about, but, 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 but she's directing it towards you. It's not about the subject in, in itself. Um, you know, and the reason I try to stress that is because a, a lot of guys say, well, you know, Bobby, what, what should I talk about? What's a good topic? And the problem is there's a lot of good topics that make conversation really easy. Um, travel is, 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 a, is, a, is a topic that makes conversation really easy. I mean, you and a woman, if you start talking about traveling, can share travel stories for two hours, and the conversation will never, ever end. But the problem is is that you put the spotlight on travel the whole time, and you didn't develop any, any sort of connection with her. And then once that subject of, of travel dies down, and now you're both standing there, and, and there's no chemistry, there's no spark. Um, so, so that's the first sort of thing I want to keep in mind, is that it's really hard for me to say what to talk about, because if I tell you, okay, talk about you know, music or talk about, um, you know, childhood memories, which, which are great topics. They're emotional topics. Yep. And, 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 but, but, when you, but if you tell somebody to talk about them, but they don't realize how to talk about them, they run the risk of just, you know, spending an hour talking about a top topic. And then, you know, the, the topic kind of dries up and she has no, no motivation to keep talking to you now that, now that, that that sort of mutual interest you guys had in common is not there anymore. Okay, so uh, you know, just just to kind of reiterate, like well, what I'm getting from you is that you're saying like, okay, there are good topics like travel, for instance, you know, which are easy topics to start with, and everyone could talk to them. But you really have to talk about these subjects in a certain way uh, in order to get both of you involved, rather than just to run through the trough, the you know, the, the topic and kind of dry it out. Is that, is that where you're coming from? Exactly. So, so for instance, like, uh, uh, let's stay with the travel thing. So, so, so if travel came up as a topic, you know, a lot of guys will make the mistake, and, 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 and I'm guilty of this. Everything that I'm going to be talking about, you know, I learned the hard way. I, 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 you know, I started off as the absolute shyest, worst conversationalist in the world. So, so you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, criticizing anybody. This is all from personal experience. Um, where, you know, I know myself or, or guys, you know, they start talking about travel and they immediately want to talk about their vacation. So she's, say she tells you that she just got back from Mexico and you were there uh, last year and you had a really good time and now all of a sudden you want to just tell her about your time in Mexico. And on one hand, you know, it, it fills up the air, yes. But on the other hand, it's not really doing anything to bring the two of you closer to generate attraction. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if you made a comment to her like, you know, you know, I can't see you going to Mexico. You seem like the kind of girl who, who couldn't deal with like third world kind of things. You, you seem like you would need like the fancy hotel. And, you know, you, you start telling her things about herself in relation to travel of the topic, but you're mm-hmm. getting the focus in on how you see her because now when she talks back to you, She's now talking to you rather than talking about solely about traveling. Now she may defend herself and she's saying, "No, I, I love it. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been to, I've been to Africa and I, you know, I had a great time. And, you know, why do you think that about me? And now you say, "Oh, it's just a, you know, the impression I got from you. You like your, you know, you have your perfect manicured nails. I just couldn't imagine you in, you know, in Africa, you know, having to take a shower in a hut or, you know, just kind of." Talking about a subject, but bringing it continually, bringing it back to her and or to you. And so, would you say this is like sorry to interrupt? Like this is like basically putting a little bit of tension in between you, um, in in the interaction between you, so that she's got to say something back to you. But it's now about the both of you, like you were saying earlier. Like it's a spotlight on the both of you instead of just being the topic, because you put a bit of pressure on her then yeah. she has to respond back towards you rather than just talk about the topic. Yeah, you want to try exactly. You want to try, you know, my, fav- my personal favorite way to do it is, is through teasing a girl and kind of, you know, but there's, there's different ways and everybody has their own style. Yeah. I just happen to feel most comfortable. Um, I like girls that, 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 that know how to banter, so I like to kind of get into that teasing yeah. banter vibe as quickly as possible with a girl because it's, it's what I have fun doing. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, in general, it's any way you can get that spotlight shining on the, the two of your interactions along with whatever you're talking about. So, you know, if you're talking about, um, you know, you're telling her a story about your childhood, you also want to mix in her and getting her to ask you about things or get her to, 
to sort of laugh at you. And, and it could be, you know, in, in like a, a funny way about how when you were a kid, you want her directing the questions about how she sees you and, and oh, I couldn't imagine you doing that when you were a little kid. You know, it, it, it's, it's always got to be a mixture of the experience you're having now together along with whatever else you're talking about. And I think that... I think that, uh, you know, a mistake is, is guys get caught up in rapport. And when you're in a really strong rapport with a girl and you are talking about, um, you know, something like, uh, you know, let's say a band. You know, say, you know, you start talking about a band you both like. You both happen to like the Dave Matthews band and she starts telling you about the concert she went to. And now you're both talking about your favorite songs and stuff. It's very hard then to, to like, kind of break away and get into that flirtatious mode. And, and what happens is a lot of guys don't know how to, and they, and they wind up talking for an hour and a half thinking that, hey, this is going really, really good, but, but it didn't. You know, she, she just enjoyed talking about her favorite band with you the same way she would like to kind of uh, post on a forum somewhere and with an anonymous person. You're, you know, that, that, that's about the extent of the attraction she feels towards you. Great. So are you saying there's a kind of time limit on this? So. Like, say, if the guy starts talking, like, okay, let's say, let's take another scenario, right? He's at a, some kind of business conference, and he meets a girl he likes, and they start talking about something. Has he got a time limit to start introducing this kind of more f- flirtatious, personal uh, conversation you know, between them? Or, you know, what I, would he do in that situation? I, I say as quickly as possible. And, and, mm-hmm. and the reason I, I say it is, is I, I, I say you've got to establish yourself as a flirt, as quickly as possible because there's sort of, uh, you know, something that I I like to refer to as the theory of of expectations. And, you know, the sooner she she says, oh, that's how this guy is, you know, the the minute she's like, oh, he's a flirtatious guy, you can get away with a whole lot more throughout the rest of the conversation than if her first impression of you is, oh, he's a serious guy. If if now 20 minutes in you want to kind of flip the switch – it kind of throws her off a little bit, and, and, and it makes it a lot more difficult. So the quicker you can get into a flirtatious mode, the better. So even if you're at a business conference, you know, generally what I would do is, is quickly make like, you know, a banter line real quick. You know, let's say she had her name tag on, and I would just make a funny joke about her name or, or, or make an oddball guess about what, you know, what her occupation was. You know, just something where, where right away she says, oh, this is like a flirty kind of guy. This is a, you know, this is a jokester. This is, you know, he's not a too serious of a guy. And then I would move in and, and have that normal conversation for a bit, you know, because, you know, at a business conference, you know, you can do that. But you've already established your flirty, so now you can start throwing in some more bait, some more, you know, cast your line in there when you see an opportunity and get it back out towards the two of you, if, if, if that's your goal, and your goal isn't just, you know, to, to network business-wise. Great. Yeah, I, know. I, I, I take a few things from that. So, I mean, first of all, if you don't kind of open this window to this more personal type of conversation and flirty type of conversation early on, then uh, you could get in trouble later when you do try to introduce it because she's she's not going to have seen you that way, and she might take it badly. And some guys who have kind of had these negative reactions – um, that they, they've seen, like sometimes I think it is where basically they, they've been a normal guy um, and then they haven't said anything crazy or anything, but they've tried to introduce this more personal, flirtatious kind of thing. And maybe they've been working with the girl for a year in the office and then one day, you know, they learn a line and they take it out and, they, you know, they, they run it and she reacts really negatively to it. And, you know, what I like about your point is, that, like, yeah, that line would have been great um, if it was in the first 10 minutes of, you know, when, when you first met her, but a year after she sees you as a really serious guy, she's going to take it in a very different way. Yeah, that, that's exactly true. And there's actually something, um, real quickly, uh, a little bit more powerful about it, and, and it has to do with yourself. And, and what I mean by this is the way somebody expects you to act, it, it turns out to make you act that way. So I know, you know, I learned this the hard way because, like I said, I was a very shy, introverted person. And what I found was that if I started off shy around somebody, I found myself always sort of reenacting the way that I, I was, the way that they see me. If I know somebody sees me as a shy person, even, even years later, like I had this difficulty when I went back to meet some, some people I knew from high school who I knew they saw me 
as a shy person. So it was very hard for me to, to, to kind of go back to that, you know, that fun sort of more outgoing person. And that's why it's really important also is that just for yourself, when you establish yourself as being fun and, you know, and, and, and the flirting kind of guy, it actually makes it easier for you because the other person's almost like waiting for you to say something funny. And, and if you've ever been with like a friend who, who thinks you're really funny and they, they like almost laugh before you sort of say it, it, it just makes it so much easier to, to think of things to say and to be funny when the person's expecting it as opposed to when the person thinks you're serious or when the person thinks you're shy or, you know, or, or timid or, or whatnot. Yeah, no, man, totally. Very, very, very good point. So, like, I guess we're getting into a little bit, you know, how to become more conversational and what, you know, would be an easier way to do it, right? So, you know, it. So if we establish a few rules of like this is how you know you become you get better conversation skills. This is what you should be doing. So how would you go about learning them in the easiest way possible, right? Um, the first thing I would do, and and I recommend to guys, and and you know I find this extremely interesting. I think that the influx of dating advice on the internet has good things and it has bad things. And one of the sort of bad things. That, that that I think is is that I think a lot of guys are really intimidated. And I know personally, like I, I do um, mentorship. I have a, a program called the Social Training Lab where guys can email yep. me and, and, and deal personally with me. And and and, and I, it amazes me that, that these guys are very new to it. But you know they're on the internet surfing different sites and they come across different pieces of advice. And some of the advice they they'll come across is like you should be doing five day game approaches every single day. Or, you know, you should hit on, on, on 10 girls at a nightclub every time you go out. And, and the thing with that kind of advice is that, you know, in theory it sounds good, but, but in reality, I mean, day game approaching, approaching a random girl on the street or a random girl in the, in the mall is like the hardest possible thing you, you, can, you can do. I mean, even guys I know, like naturals, that, 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 you know, that I, for the entire life these guys have been getting laid like rock stars, they don't approach girls on the street. Now, I'm not saying that there's amazing pickup artists out there that, that, that can't do it, but I'm saying it's not a general thing to do. It's not something that, like, you know, the, the best guy that, you know, you went to school with in high school who, who got all the cheerleaders, he doesn't walk down the street and, and, you know, do day game approaches. It's just, it's hard. So I think that when you're practicing in that kind of environment and a guy who's just, who has no conversation skills, he's putting, like, the, the absolute most kind of pressure. It, it would be like learning to ski on a black diamond. Um, you know, when you want to learn to ski, you go to the bunny slopes. You make it as easy as yourself as possible. So yep. to me, I mean, the, the location of where you're practicing, and, and it's interesting because you brought up um, earlier, you brought up uh, business, you know, networking meetings. I personally, you know, I, if somebody is over 25 years old, um, or even, you know, even even in their mid 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 20s and over, I tell them, you know, find your, your local young professional networking meetings because they're an amazing place to practice because here you're going to a place where the girls that are there, they want to talk to you. You know, they're, they're there to network and to socialize. Now, they're not necessarily there to meet guys, but to practice your, your skills on them. I mean, these girls, they have to, you know, they're, they're going to talk to you. They're not going to blow you off. They're not going to look at you like, why the hell are you stopping me why I'm walking down the street, I'm late for work. Um, so, that, you know, that, that's the first thing, is find easy places to practice. Um, other easy places, uh, you know, I learned, where I learned uh, most of my stuff is I, back uh, after college, I got a part-time job waiting tables at a restaurant with a whole bunch of girls my age. Angel? Yep, I'm, I'm here, man. I'm, I'm following everything you're saying. It's, it's all great stuff. Oh, I'm 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 sorry. I, my phone clicked off, and I thought that that you hung up. Um, sorry. I'll just. Uh, no problem. Uh, hey, hey, tell you what. Let's just leave a, a little gap here so I can identify hmm. where this this is, and and we'll, I'll edit it. Okay. So yeah, back in college, right when college ended, and I was into the real world, and you know, without having the sort of comfort of of my college social circle. Um, I, I started to lose a little bit of steam and, and, and kind of got intimidated to be back out there in the real world sort of dating. 
and uh, I wanted to practice. And to me, that you know, I, I got a job as a waiter in a restaurant where I worked with about 15 girls who were anywhere from 18 to 30 years old. And, you know, the entire day was me just practicing my conversation skills on these girls, whether it was why we were working or when work ended, we'd sit around and we'd have a beer together. And, you know, that's an easy place to practice. There's no pressure on you. The girls are going to talk to you. And now you can, like, you can get good at it. You can kind of test things out and see the reaction. I mean, you know, if a guy, if a guy goes out and, and he's like, you know what, I want to practice my, my conversation skills, and he goes to some loud nightclub and he hits on this perfect 10 who's just been sick of getting hit on all night, you know, she's not the perfect person to practice on. You know, she's like, like I said, she's like saying, I want to learn to ski and going, I'm going to ski down that black diamond today. You're going to fall and you're going to think, I'm never going to learn this. So, you know, that, that's definitely my first piece, piece of advice is practice on, on girls that are going to be receptive to talking to you. Right. And, and in social situations, basically, that you're kind of used to and that you'd expect to be talking in, right? So, you know, you gave, you know, example of restaurants there. Um, like a personal example I had was I worked in bars and, you know, obviously you've got to talk with the clients, right? Um, exactly. So, you know, I can say that was very easy for me in a day. And then uh, one, I was learning salsa for a while in, in my early days, uh, learning, learning about dating advice. And, you know, the girls naturally want to talk for you then, too. Um, so that can be another easy place, uh, as you say. So to pick up on what you said earlier as well, you said it was like kind of hard to go into an environment where there's an expectation on you that's already set for you to be shy, for example. So what I take from that is that, you know, you should kind of aim for a new environment, like aim for an easy environment to talk in where you're expected to socialize, but which is new and different from where you currently kind of operate socially. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny that you mentioned salsa because, um, like I said, I, I, I have those the bunch of clients that I personally coach, and and uh, just recently, it's the second guy, second guy, and I, you know, that's if it was only one, uh, you know, I wouldn't even bring it up, but the second guy who lost his virginity to a girl he met in a salsa class, this 28 year old, 29 year old guy. It's just a really great place, like you said. The girls are friendly. Um, you know, I did salsa, but I, I the girls, the girls that go there are looking to meet guys, you know, so. Yeah, they're, they're there, they're there because they, you know, they're, they're, they're there just to increase their social, social lives. I mean, a lot of people don't yeah. realize, they think, oh, it's, you know, girls, girls are really, you know, a, a pretty girl has a lot of friends, but you know what, when you, when you get into like, you know, your mid twenties, a lot of these girls get out of college, their friends start getting married, and now you have a lot of really, you know, attractive, good girls who, who they, don't, they don't want to go out to bars anymore because they're just kind of tired of it, but they want to meet people. So, you know, when you find these kind of sort of secret spots where these girls are hanging out, it just makes the whole game a lot easier for you. And especially if you're not the kind of, you know, if you're the kind of person who loves going out to bars and nightclubs, then go for it. But if you're not the kind of guy that likes that scene, you know, don't force yourself don't think that that's because that's what guys, you know, in, you know, some program you were listening to, they're talking about bars and clubs, but that doesn't have to be where, where you go out and practice. There's a lot of better, easier locations. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't make it hard on yourself um, if, if, you know, that, that, that's something that you're not going to find easy. Um, here, here's a situation, right? So say you're on a date, um, and, you know, one of the questions we often get is, you know, you're on a date, and it seems like a long time to be talking, okay? So the, the guys, the, they'll, you know, run out after, you know, an hour or so of talking. They kind of run out of subjects. Um, and, you know, in particular, they have an issue where if the girl stops kind of talking and contributing herself, right? So, you know, they've been talking for a while, but, you know, things kind of dry up, from the girls' side, have you got any suggestions there on how to kick the conversation back into a live mode? Um, you know what? Two, two, two things. For, yeah, I'm going to give you a, a tip in a second. First off, I think uh, one of the reasons guys run into that problem is because they, they spend, you know, I know uh, I just uh, got an email from a guy who told me, you know, he talked to a girl on the phone for an hour and a half before he met her on, on the date, and this was his first date with her. It was really met on, on an online dating site. And if you talk to a girl for an hour and a half on the phone, and then you go out on a date and, and, and you spend 
two, three hours, you know, with her, you know, it's going to get tough to, to keep it going. So, A, you, you want to cut down on, on the phone time with a girl before a date. Um, and mm-hmm. when you're on a date with a girl, um, you know, you, you want to be escalating because it's kind of like a, a – a, um, you know, like like driving a car in a sense, and and you know you got to shift gears, and if you're in the same gear for so long, it's gonna get boring. You know, there's no magic kind of thing. If if you're sitting there and and you're you're having the same sort of level of conversation for two and a half hours, no matter what you're talking about, it's gonna start getting boring. So you want to shift it. You want to slowly, like you want to start off in like first gear, uh, which is sort of like you know a little vaguely flirtatious. And, you know, fun, but at the same time, it's still, if you know, if this is an early date, it's still a little bit of the, the, the normal get-to-know-you kind of conversation. Um, and then at some point, if you're having a good time and you, and you sense that there's flirting, you want to you wanna downshift a little bit. And, and at that point, you begin to express a little bit of, of sexual aim to her and kind of feel her out on that level because now you're sort of opening up a whole other, uh, another can of worms of, of things to talk about. Um, you know, I like to test a girl out in that sense and, and see how open she is to kind of taking it to, like, a more R-rated level. So what I'll do is if I'm out, out you know, let's say I'm sitting at a, a dinner, and dinner's probably, like, the worst thing you can do as a, as a first date with a girl. But let's just say you went out to dinner with a girl, and you start running out of things to say. And let's say there's, like, a, a table, like, a few tables up, and there's, like, a, you know, a swanky-looking kind of couple there. You know, you can just make a comment about them, saying, you know, th- those those two over there totally seem like the swanky '70s uh, swinger type. And you know, she'll look at them and she'll probably laugh and say, you know, do you see it or is it just me? And then she gives you her her opinion, and then you can say, you know, when I look at you, I, I kind of get that vibe from you too. And you just kind of say it joking around, and, and you just see where she takes it. You know, she may go, what are you talking? I would never do that. And then you know, oh, you know, I, I got to go back into the other gear. But she may laugh and say, uh, you know, she, she may open up a whole new realm of conversation. She may tell you about one of her friends that, that, that is a swinger. She may, you, you may change the subject from swinging and, you know, you can say, say something along like, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's always the, you know, it's always the ones you least expected. Like, you look like an innocent girl, but, you know, it's always the ones that least expected that, that have the kinkiest side. Like, so come on, tell me, do you have anything, you know, what don't I know about you? What? What, uh, you know, what, what is your sort of secret side that, that I don't know yet? And you can just kind of, you know, you kind of fish. It's just a game of fishing, you know. You're, you're throwing stuff out there, and you're waiting to see where she kind of takes it, what she bites on and, and, and whatnot. So as long as you're always sort of changing the gears, you're, you're, you're going to be all right. So if you start off in first gear, that's flirty. Then, then you downshift to, let's say, you know, where, where you start talking about things that are a little bit more R-rated. And that, that I consider things like, you know, talking about, you know, secret sides and, you know, swingers and, you know, stuff like that. You're not, you're not talking X-rated at this point. You're not bringing up sex itself. You're not talking about, you know, fucking or anything like that. You're just talking about things that have sexual connotations. Mm-hmm. Um, if she's still biting and you're having a good time with her, then you've got to downshift again and, and you got to let her know you find her sexually attractive. And, and, and you make a comment to let her know, like, oh, you know, that thing you just did just, just drove me crazy or, or the, perfume you're wearing, the perfume you're wearing is really turning me on. You, you, you say something to her that lets her know you find her sexually attractive because now you're, now, now you're taking her to another realm. Now she knows, okay, this guy finds me sexually attractive. And, you know, a lot of guys think, well, the girl knows that. The girl doesn't really know that. Girls know that a guy, you know, an attractive girl might know that a guy likes them or wants to be their boyfriend or, or whatnot. But not all girls know if they're sexually attractive to men. So when you let a girl know that, you know, it, it kind of opens up another, another sort of spot in their brain where they're like, it, it, it excites them in a new way and it kind of recharges the conversation. And then from there, you know, you, 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 want to, you want to kind of sort of escalate the flirtation, get it a little bit more, uh, more sexual. You know, you can talk about going back to her place and having a pillow fight, or if she says something, you know, you can joke that you're, you're going to spank her later. 
you, know, you just got to keep on shifting. You don't want to stay in a plateau because when you stay in a plateau, it's going to get boring. It's just it's impossible to have three hours of conversation if you're not continually changing gears. Now, that doesn't mean you know she reacts to something in an unfavorable way. You sort of back up a little bit. But you know, you're always playing the game of, of where can I take this? Right, right. And I, I guess what you're saying here is, uh, like, first of all, like, cause I, th- I think what happens with guys is they get a bit nervous and then they tighten up. Their reaction is to restrict what they're talking about and to get more concerned about, you know, exactly what they're saying. Uh, whereas you're advising basically the exact opposite, right? You're saying kind of relax, experiment with different types of conversation, pushing the boundaries here and there. Um, and, you know, like, like, like I think you're pointing towards, is like it's not a big deal if you kind of like step out into one direction and she's not biting because you can step back and then try and go in another, you know, another direction, um, and she'll get back engaged when you know when you've gone in a direction which she's comfortable with. Yeah, and the worst thing guys can do is try to predict what a girl is going to be comfortable with because I can tell you from experience. You never know. I mean, the girl, my my current girlfriend is, um, you know, she's on the conservative side when you look at her. She, she's a Colombian girl, very, um, you know, raised sort of Catholic, and, yep. and, and, and and you know, she's all around good girl. She's 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 you know uh, doesn't even curse, never never tried drugs, and, and and if you if you knew that about her going in, you'd probably restrict how you were about you know to her. But at yeah. the same time, on the first night we went out, we got to talk. We got to, we got we we were talking, and um, we had a mutual friend who had a sister. And you know, I was like, this was later on after we had been in New York together, you know, in a couple different locations, and now we had gone to a bar to kind of have a late night drink. Yeah. And we're talking about our mutual friend's sister, and I said, yeah, you know, one time I walked in on her kissing another girl, and mm. I said, you know, and she said, oh, you know, we got into talking about that, you know, the idea of girls kissing. And then she, she, she said, she's like, well, have you ever had a threesome? And I, you know, I started telling her a story about how, you know, this, I was at a wedding and, and the, the girl that I was with offered it to me and, you know, but, but it got broken up and she says, well, did you want, would you have done it? You know, and yep. that question right there, would you have done it, right? It, 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 it kind of separates how a lot of guys think and a lot of mistakes. A lot of guys, and, and I used to be this way too, would have said, no, I wouldn't, because they think that that's going to make them sound more gentlemanly yep. or the girl's going to find that noble. And I just looked at her and I go, fuck yeah, I would have. It'll turn out an opportunity. And, and, and she still, to this day, you know, she says, that's the moment I knew I liked you because every other guy I went out with on the first date you know, he would never have thought about saying, you know, that, that he would have had a threesome or that he was disappointed, you know. they would have, He would have sat there telling me how he wouldn't have done it. And, you yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah. And it, boring. <laughs> yeah, and she said, you know, that, and, and it's true. You don't really, you think you're you're playing it safe, but you're playing it boring. And that yeah. when, you, when, you're, when you're just honest with girls, it's so refreshing for them. It's like, it's like a breath of fresh air when they right. get a guy who's not trying to censor himself and trying to play that he's like the perfect gentleman. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and you got and you got to see that no matter what, where the girls come from and where her background is, um, you know, you give the example of a Colombian with a, you know, uh, Catholic background and and stuff. They've all been watching the same TV, right? Um, yeah. And you know, the media these days is pretty sexualized, um, so it's pretty, it's impossible to avoid all of these topics and just, you know, it, I think it would be difficult for a girl these days to not feel comfortable with talking about them because she's seen it for the last ten years on TV, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, but back in college, just if anybody's like doubting that that girls really think this way, back in college, I dated a girl who was in a sorority, and she lived in a sorority house with about fifteen girls. And I used to stay there quite often. You know, I just sleep over, and it got to the point where they like they didn't even know I was around. I was just you know I was with my girl, and they would just talk openly, like I wasn't even there. And, yep. and and that experience probably was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I got to see just how raunchy and and, and stuff girls actually are. Like, like yeah. it, it was it was probably worse than being in a frat house listening to these girls talk about what guys they wanted to fuck, how much a, a guy was a pussy for not making a move, or like 
it was just nonstop, you know, and the guy, yep. guys don't like to imagine that. And, and if you saw any of these girls on campus, you'd look at them and you'd think, oh, she's a cute little cheerleader. But back in, you know, back in the sorority house when nobody was watching, the stuff she's talking about is just amazing. And you've got to keep that in mind because it really expands when you don't have that self-censorship of what can I not say, what's going to offend her, it makes yep. it a lot easier to, to, you know, this whole kind of question that we started with at the very beginning of how, you know, what to talk about. And, mm-hmm. and it's really, you know, it's when you stop sort of limiting what's okay to talk about and you just, yep. you just take some chances and see where it goes. That's, you know, that, that, that's where, where it starts to flow and you get in the zone and it's just spontaneous, natural conversation rather than, if I had said to you, well, you should talk about these four topics, because then, you know, if a guy's trying to force those four topics, it's going to sound forced and, you know, probably won't go go anywhere anyway. Yep, yep, exactly. All right, so, like, having, you know, since we're on the subject, guys will often ask, are there any conversation topics you should avoid, right, danger zone or anything like that? Uh, you know, it depends. I mean, if you're... It depends on you, um, and I know that's you know probably an answer guys aren't going to like. But you know, if you're the kind of guy who who winds up in the friend zone a lot, it's probably not a good idea for you to get a girl talking about her ex boyfriend because if you don't know how to handle handle that, you could wind up turning into her therapist, and it could kind of kill the momentum or the attraction um, yeah. of, of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a little bit more skilled, you know, it doesn't really matter what, what you talk about. Um, people say don't talk about politics. Uh, you know, it, 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 you do run a risk with, with stuff like that, religion or politics, only because, you know, normally I love to be on the opposite side of an argument with a girl. Like I ten times rather a girl say something and me have an opposing view because that's where the tension and the flirtation is. But politics and religion, if a girl is really sort of, um, if she's really like worked up about it, it, it could just turn into like a preaching sort of conversation that, that I just don't, it's just not going lead to lead to anywhere. So, so those two topics. Um, other than that, I mean, there's really not anything that pops in my mind of like don't talk about it. You know, people say um, interview mode, like your jobs and stuff. But if you know how to talk about anything, there's really no topic that that is is that bad. Yep, to, totally agree, man. So, all right, so that that's the bad side of it. So, you've been talking a lot about kind of sexual topics. Are, are these topics you should be moving towards? Like, are there are there are there any kind of like targets the guys could have in their you know their line of sight? Like, oh, you know, I should introduce that topic at some time. You know, these are the kind of things I want to talk about. You know, while I'm with her. Well, I mean, the, the, the observations about her is is a good one. You know, at some yeah. point, you've got to be making observations about her, not in a row. You don't want to just sit there and bombard her like with five of them in a row, but but sprinkling in observations about her throughout the conversation is, is killer. You know, those those are are sort of they get the spotlight going that that I talked about earlier. They get her looking at you, thinking about you, and, and the spotlight's on the two of you and how you're sort of seeing each other. So that, that's a good topic. Um, it's, you know, childhood memories I love personally. It's just a fun topic. It, it kind of, what I like about it is that, especially if you're at like a bar and, and the girl's sort of looking at you like, oh, he's just another guy hitting on me. And, and you start kind of bringing up like, you know, you talk about some TV show you both liked when you were like six years old it kind of makes her think, oh, this guy, there's more to him. He is, he's three-dimensional. He's not just some, some drunk guy at a bar. He actually, you know, we actually have a shared sort of history together. Um, so, so I do like that. I mean, as far as sexual things, um, you know, if, if that was what, what you were asking, I like to use stories, you know, like, and, and that's why I kind of talked about earlier how, you know, with your job, let's say, um, I can turn my job into a sexual story, and, I, and I'm not talking about my job recently running uh, TSV Magazine and Dating Advice. I, I used to be a painter, you know, my, my, for, for, for a while. You've and, done some interesting stuff, man. Huh? You've done no, some no, interesting work. Yeah, I don't mean painter. No, I don't mean painter like, like painter, uh, you know, painting pictures. I'm, I mean like a house painter. 
Ah, okay. okay. Well, that's so interesting, ladder. right? You've yeah. got a variety in there. But, um, but, but you know, it's, for all general purposes, if you're at a bar, you'd think, house, you know, if a girl asks you what you do for a living, house painter is probably not a job that's going to, you know, get her sort of attracted. It's, it's, not, it's not like a sure. super high-status job. It's not a sexual yep. job. But, but I learned through the use of stories that I can quickly get, get into a sexual realm by simply, I would talk about, you know, uh, and I'll use an example. If a girl says, so do you like your job? But, yeah, you know, that's all right. You know, the most interesting thing, though, is like, is like when, what you find in people's closets. And like when, you, when you're painting a house, you'd think people would hide stuff. I'm like, you know, it's, and, and it's always the, 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 the innocent old ladies that you, you open up a closet and you find like a big box of sex toys or something. I'm like, it's always the ones you don't, you don't, you don't <laughs> expect. And like right there, you just went from talking about painting houses to kind of bringing up finding a box of sex toys in, in, in an old lady's. So it's kind of funny enough where it's not like, oh, this guy's a pervert talking about it. You're like kind of telling a story. But at the same time, you just introduced sex toys into the conversation, and now you can see where she's going to take it. You know, is she going to back off and say, oh, my God, that's horrible? Or is she going to laugh and say something like, well, you know, every girl has them. Like, you don't know, and it's your job to find out. It's your job to throw this stuff out there and see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Hey, like, so you made me think of something. Uh, in terms, in terms of like, you know, we've we've had ex-girlfriends and stuff, and we've had experiences with them. And we'll be out with a girl, we'll be doing something, and often, you know, one of for some reason, whatever you're doing, you know, one of these past experiences will pop into your head. Is that the kind of thing you want to talk about, or because I think a lot of guys, what they do is they kind of avoid talking about ex-girlfriends and, and their experiences and stuff. Yeah, I I I feel uh, I I don't mind talking about them. I don't dwell on any particular girl, but but if I have a story, um, you know, like I, I earlier, you know, that w- I went to a wedding with a girl that I had dated, and her friend got drunk and tried to you know wanted to kind of talk me into having a threesome, and you know the yep. it was actually a funny story. Um, a story like that, if, if the situation came up, I would have no problem telling. I wouldn't get into, like, a story like, you know, me and my ex-girlfriend, we went on this vacation, it was so good and romantic. Like, you don't want to, if it's a story that's, like, kind of romanticizing one of your past relationships, it, it, it's, it's really, no. Okay, yeah, especially, like, danger area. Um, if, if, if you feel like you're still into one of your ex-girlfriends and you start to talk about her, maybe that's something you should stop talking about pretty quickly because yeah, you're more exactly. likely than not giving some kind of emotional vibe off about that that's going to give bad signals. Exactly. So, yeah, if you're telling a story, romanticizing it, it's it's not. But but if you're just telling a story because it's funny and it contributes to, like, a topic at hand, then, then go for it. Exactly, exactly. All right, man, when you, you've kind of brought up, you've danced around the issue of humor a lot, right, through teasing and, and banter. Like, some guys might not have a good feel for what, what teasing and banter is, um, and, and humor. Are there, are there ways to learn about this? Or, you know, this, this is kind of like a conversation style. So, you know, what would you advise guys who are thinking, okay, so I've got to do, you know, I've got to be a bit more funny and make fun of her, but, you know, how shall I learn about that? I'd say, and, and this is this is this also comes from experience because I, I learned this the hard way. There's a very fine line between you know teasing a girl and being an asshole, and uh, and the way that, that that it is is when you're commenting on something that she can't change or something that's very personal to her mm-hmm. or her mm-hmm. looks, you really run the risk of being an asshole. So you, you know, no matter how funny you think a joke about her her, you know, her nose is or, or her weight or, you know, even, even the way she has her hair that night because a lot of girls put a lot of effort into it and, and, and for you to say that, you know, I know some pickup artists recommend that kind of stuff, but you're, you're running the risk of, 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 of coming across like an asshole, making fun yeah. of a tattoo she has. Um, I say what you want to look that's, for in that's a That's bad. I've, I've done that accidentally once before. <laughs> yeah. Me, me too, man. That that doesn't come off, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you want to, you know, the best things to find humor and when you're practicing is 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 her, is the way she's acting. So if she says something and it comes across as bossy, 
you can make fun of her bossy side. Um, a lot of times, you know, I'll tell a girl, I'll be telling a girl a story, and I'll throw in, like, a totally made-up, like, exaggerated lie. And then when she believes me, I'll make fun of her, and I'll tease her about being gullible, and, you know, I'll start talking about how, you know, you know, I'll use that sort of as, as a... As, as a piece that I can use throughout the rest of the conversation. You know, I'll continually mm. tease her that, oh, she's naive, she's gullible. Because things like that, you know, you make it like, oh, it's so cute, you're so naive. Um, or you're, you've got a bossy side. Or even if she's yeah, being yeah. A, little, a little bitchy, you can, you can make fun of her for being cranky. You know, right, right. Man, man I just want to stop you there because, like, I, I mean, the, the way I kind of look at it, you're talking about behaviors, right, rather than... Yeah you know, aspects of themselves. It's like things they do and, and so it's, it's nothing permanent and I don't, I don't think I've ever come across a girl who's got really offended about that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You want to, exactly, tease her about her behavior rather than her looks or her, anything that's like person. you know, you don't even want to tease her about her job because, you know, if a girl yeah. is like, like I've done this, like I, I met, I met a girl, girls at a, out at a bar and they were an accountant and I started, like, making fun of them, like, like being boring because, oh, you're an accountant, yeah. you must be really boring. But you know what? Like, they went to school, they wanted to be an accountant, and here, here I am sort of belittling, you know, what they do for a living, and, you know, they may really like it. So, you know, yeah, or, like worse, or worse, man, she might actually be bored and she might be insecure about where she's going in life. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you yeah. know, she's, you're not going to make her happier by bringing up the whole topic. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I think you, you, you hit it on the head with, you know, target behaviors as your source of humor and, you know, and, 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 and practice, you know, practice spotting things. Like, try to find things yeah. that you can twist. Try, mm -hmm. you know, if a girl, look for, look for a girl to say something that sounds a little bossy or sounds a little, like, cranky or just try to find things she's saying that you can twist and exaggerate them to be, you know, a little more... Yeah. Uh, of the behavior you want to make fun of than it actually was. So she doesn't have to be completely bossy, but if mm -hmm. she, like, you know, she's getting a drink and she takes the drink too fast from the bartender and doesn't say thank you, you know, you can yeah, yeah. kind of use that behavior to, to tease her a little bit. You know, just things that she does. It, it, when you have your eyes open and you practice, um, it, it starts to come a lot more natural to you. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, like, I, th I think well, you know, one of the keys to this conversation stuff, uh, now, you, you know, you're talking about it, it's like observation skills, right? Because yeah. that's what develops the interaction, and I, I don't know if it's been the same for you, but o over the years, as I, I guess I was becoming more observant, right, I started getting, like, the girls saying, wow, like, no one's ever noticed that about me before, right? And yeah. today, this happens all the time, right? But observation is a skill, and it's part of the conversation, really, right? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, and, and like you're saying, it's not only is it like what you're observing about her, um, which, you know, like you said, when a girl notices that you're observing, you know, it's attractive to her because she feels like, oh, this guy gets it, you know. He sees what's going on. He knows it. But, but it's also... Um, it's also good because you get to observe when, when you get a little bit more aware of what's going on within a conversation. Like like I talked about earlier, when when you're able to say, she just kind of gave me a weird reaction there. Let me steer it this way, and, and yeah. let's go. You know, let's go in, a, in a different direction with this. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're able to kind of kind of tune in to reactions you're getting and, and and sort of the subtle things she's saying. It allows you to to to, to take it in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. Observation is key, um, but it's it's not something that comes natural. I mean, it didn't come naturally uh, for me at all. I think you know it's something that was learned over time from kind of paying attention to watching and listening. Um, I don't know how it turned out for you. Yeah, very similar. I, I I've always been you know as a sort of a shy person growing up. I was always like an observer, but I never knew how to vocalize my observations, like I would sit and observe things about people and think them, mm. but, but I, I didn't know how to kind of bring it into a conversation without it sounding weird and, and going back to mm. the whole idea of when somebody, when, when somebody sees you as a shy person and out of nowhere you like make an observation about them, like, oh, you're pretty bossy, like, it's not going to go over well because they don't, they, they, they're like, why is this shy, weird guy telling me I'm bossy? But if you establish yourself as, as a fun guy right off the bat and then you make 
a little joke about her being bossy, it, it, it's a lot easier. But yeah, that's that that same thing as you said. You know, it, it took took practice of how to implement it and how it how to get it to sound natural and not really like. No, that, I think that's probably the hardest thing learning this is when you're studying material is to to not feel like you have to use the exact material. So you know, I gave a, you know a handful of examples throughout this um, interview where you know I talked about let's say my story of when I used to paint houses and. Um, and I, I signed a box of sex toys, and it kind of would lead to a sexual conversation. I know for myself personally, when I used to listen to these years back, um, and I heard people talking about what they said, I would go out and try to use that same story or try to force a story like that into my conversation, and it, it just wouldn't come out naturally. It would feel forced, and it wouldn't have the same effect, whereas when you sort of learn how to to to... to I don't know if calibrates the right word, but you know, you just learn to to observe when you know you have everybody has their own stories. First of all, I mean that's a whole other topic of, is is finding the interesting things in your own life and and finding ways to to take aspects of your own life and and twist them into something a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, right there that you should you should be doing. But it, it's really not about copying word for word. What, what worked for somebody else. It's about taking the principle of why it worked and then, you know, introducing that into your conversations. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's going to take a little while. It doesn't take a, a, long, a long time, you know, depending on how much effort you put into it. Um, all right, I just, like, before we move on to the next topic, just want to get one thing, like, say I'm desperate um, and I really am having a hard time, like, kind of learning just to converse with women and feel comfortable with it and stop the dreaded silences that come up all the time. Have you got, like, like what is, like, I'm ready to do anything. What what should I, like, I do? Like, some of the ideas I got in head is, like, okay, go and get a job in sales or, you know, um, put, force yourself into a, into social situations so you can break out of it. What would you suggest? I'm I'm sorry. So are you are you asking for a technique to to no, get not out a, not a technique of... like a um an an approach um to to get myself out of this to start learning about this stuff and and become more conversational and social if oh. I'm ever having a hard time kind of getting oh, pushing yourself getting to do it. Skills. Yeah, yeah, just, kind of pushing okay. yourself to do it and and become more conversational and just get this fixed. Um, the the way the thing I would recommend to somebody who who's dealing with that is to set a condition in place that makes it inevitable that it happens in a sense. Right. Like like I, I gave you an example earlier where I was pretty anti. Not I wouldn't say antisocial. I mean college college I, is when I first discovered you know pickup material back in '98, and it, and my college years were great. But then when college ended, um, you know, and I lost you know, my huge social circle that I had developed, um, I went back into like a, a mode where like I, I felt like a fish out of water and mm. I had to learn again. And what I did back then, like I mentioned earlier, was I got a job waiting tables because I knew it would force me every single yep. day to interact with people my own age, girls, you know, I went, I, I was yep. crazy back then. I went and I, I went to like 10 different restaurants in the area and I scoped out the one that had the chicks, <laughs> the, the the best girls. Like it, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go find a place that that I want to work at. I I went to about put applications in at ten places on Friday nights just to see what the what the staff was like, and I yeah. picked the one I liked the best, and and it and, and that worked. You know, you mentioned salsa. You know, take joining us. Like, make it so you have to do it. Like, yeah. if you think you know, like like that, I mean. It's, it's, I mean, I, we talked about two areas, I guess. Like, you talk about work, get a job, which is social, and, mm-hmm. and or take a class, which is social, right, yeah. education. Um, those, those are two pretty good scenarios, very straightforward, and, and you can't go back, right? You got the job, you started your, your class, you can quit your class, you can quit your job, but really, you know, um, the easier thing is to stick with it and become social naturally. Yeah, it's a lot easier than saying, you know what, I'm going to go out and stop five girls on the street today because you're probably not going to do it. You know, I hate to be pessimistic, but if you're antisocial or you're a shy guy, you might go out on the street and stop one girl in practice, but you're not going to do it for a week straight. Whereas if you get a job 
or you take a class every Wednesday night, every Friday night, whatever night it is, you're going to have to be there. And, you know, over the course, it, it might not happen over the, o- overnight, but what you're going to find is that six months down the road, of, especially exactly. if, if you're learning it, you know, like, like yeah. if you're going through a, a conversation program, and you're actually, now, now you have an environment to practice in. So now you take the material out every Friday night you're at work yeah. with these girls, and you just practice. You're going to find that six months down the road, this stuff's going to be coming natural to you. It, it's yep. going to be real. It, 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 it's going to be. It's going to be happening very quickly. And it's like the thing with it. With it is, and, and I think it's just way in most most things in life, whether it's you know, um, working out or making money or you know, improving any area of your life. It happens exponentially. Like it's like you. It's like you struggle, struggle, struggle. And then all of a sudden, you you don't even remember what it was like to be struggling. You're like, holy shit, this is just easy now. And you look back, yeah. and you're like, you can't even really remember, you know, where the change happened because you're just it just happened naturally. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, by putting yourself in a position like that, I mean that that's the best thing I can recommend, guys listening. Totally ex- excellent advice. And for anyone listening who's in that kind of position, man, just take that first step. Uh, that's all you got to do. It's, it's 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 the hardest thing you'll do, but it's really that easy. You know, you just book the course, you you get the job, uh, go looking for the job, and your path to success is already like started. Okay, so what I wanted to do now is like talk a bit about like Bob Rio's lifestyle, like you know dating lifestyle, because you know we all get into this, start studying and learning. Um, but we're headed in some kind of direction, and, you know, that's different for each of us. So, you know, let's find out what kind of direction Bobby took himself in. Uh, so, dude, what is your dating lifestyle today? You know, how, how is it? At the moment, uh, I'm in a uh, very happy relationship um, um, yeah. with the, Col- the Colombian girl that I had spoken of earlier. Um, generally, just living the lifestyle that, that I, I sort of imagined, um, you know, back in college, my, you know, I, I was an English major, you know, wanted to be a writer back in college, and, and sort of what I imagined my life to be like was sort of like a romanticized vision of, like, Ernest Hemingway's life, where just traveling and writing and just being free and, you know, being with the girl that I, you know, that I want to spend time with, mm. and, and that's generally, I mean, you know, knock on wood, that, that, that's pretty much the life I'm living right now, um, you know, traveling with, with my girlfriend and uh, just, just, Things are going really well. Excellent, excellent. So, um, did you, you know, did you kind of go through phases along along the way? Now, you, we've been saying you've been kind of studying this stuff since 1998, which is a hell of a long time. So, did you kind of go through different phases? You know, how how did, how did it kind of go over the 13 years or so? Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely went through phases, and and I guess I can do a quick sort of breakdown for the guys listening uh, of how it worked out for me. I. Uh, I got to college a virgin who had never even kissed a girl. I I I, I shouldn't say I had kissed one girl who was extremely ugly in, in, in a garage at somebody's house in high school, and it was like the most humiliating thing. I had to like listen to my friends make fun of me for 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 years, uh, you know, or, or months about it. But the worst part about it was that I was actually happy about it because it was the only girl I had kissed, you know. So yeah. even though I was getting made fun of because she was ugly, at, at the same time, like. I enjoyed it, and and it was the only girl, you know. That I think that was the end of junior year, and then that was it, you know. Um, I, up until I got to college, where in college, um, in college, I I, I met a girl um, and, and got into a relationship with the first girl that I I kind of hooked up with in college because I was just aching, to, you know, just to kind of have that affection from a girl, and. Uh, and it was a horrible relationship for about a year and a half. I shouldn't have been with her, but I was just scared to be single again. Um, and then when I did finally end it with her, that's when I discovered um, Ross Jeffries and the whole uh, speed seduction thing. And uh, I got a couple of my friends involved, and we we got into it pretty hardcore for a while. And now uh, we really tore it up for about a year um, to be honest, not, you know, not to kind of discredit, I, I personally didn't find the, the, the NLP sort of stuff that I was studying. It just wasn't my style. But a lot of the, you know, attitude stuff that I got from, you know, you know the newsletters of his that I was reading really changed my mentality about women and, and sort of mm-hmm. seeing myself as, as, as more of the prize and, and not being the nice guy and all those 
kind of things that we take for granted when you've been in the community for a while. When you're hearing it for the first time, it's really mind blowing. Yeah. And uh, and and for the next year, I really just tore it up in college. Um, and I wound up again now meeting a girl who I who I did really, you know, the homecoming queen uh, of Montclair, a girl I had a huge crush on, and uh, wound up dating her, and they kind of got into a relationship with her. Stayed with her for a couple of years, and then college ended, and that's the point where college ended, where I talked about how now I was sort of a fish out of water again, and that kind of brought me not back into the community per se, but it got me back into that mindset of I got to go out and learn this all over again. And, uh, you know, between getting a job as a waiter and, and just getting back out there, I just, for, I'd say most of my 20s was just a blur of, uh, <laughs> of drinking and partying and meeting girls until, uh, until recently when, when I met my, uh, my current girlfriend. I mean, in between there, I'd say I dated uh, a handful of girls, probably three to four months max were most of of the relationships Mm -hmm. um, before my current girlfriend, who who I've been with for a couple of years now. Okay, great. Uh, How many girls have you slept with over that time? Is that a lot? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I don't have a number. I would say uh, between 60 and 100 maybe. I, I, I I don't really know. I stopped counting in, back in towards the end of uh, college. Yeah, yeah, and just just for guys uh, uh, listening, that's pretty normal. Um, guy, guys, stop counting after a while. Um, so, like about your situation today, oh, actually, like about the two situations, you know, where you dating lots, of, kind of seeing lots of girls, and your situation today. Is there anything you liked about it and didn't like about it, and like push you to change, or you have aspirations for the future? I mean. It, it, you know, I, I don't know how old, you know, you are or your list. I mean, I'm 33 years old, and, uh, yep. you know, I, I'm I'm at a point in my life where, you know, don't get me wrong, there, there's, there's the, you know, the the hunger and the drive and, and, and the, you know, the, you know, the human nature of wanting new girls and the hunt, the thrill of the hunt and the thrill of the chase, it, it's always there, you know. It, it mm-hmm. It's hard to, you know, to suppress it when, when you've uh, reveled in it for so long. But, you know, I'm also, you know, I, I, I'm very happy and content with with where I've been. I mean, I've, I, I've lived quite quite a bit, and, and, and you know, I mean, I guess to answer your question, is there, is there things that would change? Um, not really. I mean, I, I would have loved to not have had a girlfriend towards the end of college as much as I was happy with her at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think that, college is not the time for a serious girlfriend because, uh, you know, it's just, there's just such, I mean, maybe, maybe just now that, I, that I'm a little older and seeing going by a college campus and just wishing I was back there with the 18, 20-year-old <laughs> girls. But, but to, to think about that, you know, that would probably be the only thing, you know, as happy as I was at the time with, with the girl, um, two more, you know, I, I was just hitting my peak, you know, yeah. after I, after I started studying that stuff and, and, mm-hmm. and I was, sort of on a tear and then to, to kind of get into a relationship, you know, I, 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 I had unsettled business of, of girls back then that I, that I would have liked to have uh, conquered. But other than that, after college, I mean, I, I had to settle down because if not, uh, I, I career wise, you know, my nights were like Tuesday nights out partying till all hours of the night. And, you know, back then I was, I was a realtor for a while and I'd come in, it, it just got difficult. My my point is is that no, I I don't regret anything. Um, I'm 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 extremely happy with with my situation. It's great to hear, man. Um, you know, and uh, thanks for this call. It's been really instructional. You know, we've covered a lot of uh, topics. I'm not sure how long we've been talking for, and I'd estimate about 50 minutes. It'll be interesting if uh, that's pretty close to the mark. Um, so yeah, it's been great talking to you, man, and and having you on a call. Thanks for letting us know a bit about you know your personal lifestyle as well, which isn't always easy for for, for guys. No problem, man. It's uh, good talking to you again. You can find out more about today's podcast and dating instructor on Dating Skills Review. Google Dating Skills Review or Dating Skills Podcast, and you'll be there. For first-timers on the podcast, Dating Skills Review is the largest database of dating advice on the planet. If it exists, we have it. 
before you do anything else, read anything else, listen to anything else about dating, sex or attraction, download our free manual, Fast Track, 7 Rules to Get Good with Women in Months, Not Years. You can download it right from the Dating Skills Review homepage, that's datingskillsreview.com. It will teach you the best-in-class learning strategy that the top dating instructors in the world have used to get good with women. Readers say it's flawless. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Those reviews help to increase our iTunes ranking and spread the word. Dating Skills Review wouldn't be what it is today without your feedback and support, so a big thanks there. This is Angel Donovan from Dating Skills Review. Get working on those skills hard this week, because next week we're taking another step up to mastering your dating life. This interview was brought to you by Dating Skills Review. Dating Skills Review is the Amazon.com of dating advice for men. If it exists, we have it. We help you find the best advice fast, so you can get good with women in months, not years. Find us at www.datingskillsreview.com.